0: a New Testament scholar, and a leadership coach. My goal on Leading & Learning is to help you live your best life. Thanks so much for joining us today. Welcome back to Leading & Learning. This is episode number 276, Leading Through the Fruit of the Holy Spirit, Part 2. So last week, we dove into this uh, three-part leadership series talking about the importance of uh, the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And for those of us who are leaders at applying these to our leadership, And the fruit of the Holy Spirit is is what Paul mentioned. He, He actually mentioned this in one of his letters to a church. In Galatians 5, verses 22 and 23, he says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, Joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self control. Against such things there is no law. Now, as Christians, these are the things that the Holy Spirit should be producing in each of our lives. However, if we're leaders, we don't have the option of just kicking these things to the curb and say, look, I'm a leader. I don't have to show love. I'm a leader. I don't have to show patience or self-control or any of these others. No, no. In reality, we need to show them even more. They should define our leadership. And a few verses before these, uh, Paul talked about some of the works of the flesh or the fruit of the flesh, and he said Some of these are enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, etc. Now, I've been, uh, I've had the fortune of working for leaders who showed some of those qualities. Anger, envy, division, always looking to stir something up, enmity, strife, maybe you have too. But as Christians, we're called to a higher standard. We're called to a higher level. <clears throat> Excuse me. And we're, talk, we're, we're commanded to, to let these fruits flow out of our lives. But as leaders, again, they should define us. So last week, we looked at love. You know, you may not think of love as an important part of leadership, but if you don't care for your people, if you don't show genuine concern for your people, if you don't like them, and you don't have to be best friends with everybody, but, but there needs to be this genuine concern and love and um, really this desire to take care of your people, and that stems out of a heart of love. We talked about joy. You know, there is nothing worse than a leader who's full of gloom and doom. Um, there's nothing better than working for a leader who smiles a lot, Who's able to laugh, who's able to um, bring a sense of joy and lightness to a situation. Now, obviously, in the workplace, we're not walking around laughing all the time. There's work to be done. But still, as a leader, you have the opportunity to lighten a situation by bringing a, a, a sense of joy and happiness into it. And then we talked about peace. Listen, people need peace, they need to know that. Um, you're in control. There's a peace when, when, when somebody's actually taking charge, and 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 you know where you're going, and you know where you're taking them, and you know where you're taking the company. When you can say those words that calm people down in a stressful situation. Uh, sadly, again, I've worked for many leaders who, I- instead of bringing peace, they prefer preferred to bring turmoil. They preferred to bring a sense of of uh, uh, discontent and. And, and even fear into a situation. But, but as leaders, as, as a leader, my job is to bring a sense of peace because especially if there's a transition, if there's things going on in the company, if there's um, you know just a sense even now in the midst of the, the whole COVID-19 and all the stuff that's going on in our nation, leaders need to speak peace into their people and let them know that things are gonna be okay. All right, well, don't go away. We'll be right back, and we're going to jump in with uh, three more fruit of the Holy Spirit that we'll talk about today. But before we do that, I want to let you know this episode of Leading and Learning is brought to you by my book, Reflections on the Resurrection. You know, the resurrection is the most important event in history. Uh, The fact that Jesus Christ was physically raised from the dead changed everything. Before, we had no hope, we had no assurance of salvation, no assurance of a even the... the we talk about eternal life, but um, what does that even mean? But the fact that God raised Jesus from the dead and promised that we too would be raised from the dead one day, uh, this really gives us that sense of hope, that sense of, of peace, knowing that there is so much more than what we're just living in now. And so as, as Christians, Reflections on the Resurrection is an incredibly helpful book. We examine the evidence for the resurrection. We deal with so many of the arguments that have been brought against the resurrection. Um, it's educational. It's apologetic in the sense that we, we give you tools to, to actually um, make a case for the resurrection. But it's also devotional. What does it mean, uh, the fact that Jesus physically rose from the dead? What does that mean for my faith? Listen, this is so important. And when you look at the message of the early church, the resurrection was in almost every sermon. So check out Reflections on the Resurrection. Um, It's a fun read. I know you'll enjoy it. Uh, Click on the link in the show notes. It'll take you right to the Amazon page. You can read a few pages, get a feel for it, and then click on the buy button. Well, all right, let's jump back in. Like I said, last week we talked about love, joy, and peace. Today we're going to talk about patience kindness, and goodness. So, leading with patience. Now, this is one most people would say, yeah, you're right. I need to have more patience with my people. I need to have more patience with my boss. I need to have more patience with my customers. Patience is something we all need, and we all know we need it. But how does this really, how do we flesh this out as leaders? Well, uh, just a couple of thoughts here. First of all, Patience often involves teaching someone, often one of our employees or one of our volunteers, a new skill. Maybe they're learning something new or they're learning something for the first time. And it takes patience to help them learn how to do it because it's usually easier for me just to do it myself, to just jump in and do it. But you know what? That's not equipping my people and I can't do everything. So, it's very important as leaders that we develop this skill of teaching others patiently. You know, one of the interesting things Paul said about leadership in uh, 1 Timothy, he was talking, he was given actually a list of characteristics that leaders should have. And one of the things that he lists is an ability to teach. Now, many people in leadership don't think of themselves as teachers. They're leaders. They're strategizing. They're managing. They're... They're visioneering. They're 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 taking the company. They're taking the organization somewhere. But in, in in that list, Paul said every leader should be able to teach. And I think what he was talking about there is the people that are around us, our subordinates, our team, the people that are, uh, report to us. We should be able to teach them what we're doing, so that they eventually can do it one day, um, at least parts of our job. So teaching. Um, patiently, teaching someone a new skill. Uh, w- w- I mean, that's what delegation is, right? When we delegate, we have to be patient with people because they're probably not going to get it right the first time or the second time or maybe even the third time. We have to keep working with them, and that's where patience comes in. Because if we get impatient with our people, they're going to feel it. They're going to get frustrated, and it's just going to um, sink their morale. And our job as a leader is to keep their morale built up so that they can continue to serve at a high level. Um, we, we as Talking about patience, we don't expect perfection. Um, we expect the job to be done right, uh but part of that's on us because we have to teach them how to do the job right. And so we we show them how to do it. We have them do it with us. We have them do it by themselves. And if we have to keep repeating that process until they get it, that's fine. But we don't expect perfection. We also, when we're talking about patience, we, uh, and this is another kind of a scriptural uh, phrase, but we bear with each other's faults. In other words, we understand that everyone has their peculiarities, everyone has their little quirky things, everyone has their character flaws, everyone has their blind spots. And so having patience with people understands that you may have that person working for you who just can't be quiet. They're always talking, they're always butting in. Now they can learn to do better, you may also have that other person who it's like pulling uh you know uh gold out of the earth to get them to say something. You may have people who who you know just struggle in some areas. We all have our faults, we can all work on those things, but the reality is we all have quirks, we all have character flaws and the the good leader is patience with those patient with those who work for them. Understanding that there's just certain areas that people struggle with. Um, Kindness. So We talked about leading with patience. Now leading with kindness. What does kindness look like? Uh, A definition for kindness gave these three uh, synonyms. Generous, friendly, and considerate. Generous, friendly, and considerate. As a boss, as a leader... Do you consider yourself to be generous? Are you generous with your time? Do you maybe take your people out for lunch occasionally? Um, You know, one of the units I was in in the police department, we tried to take, if there was somebody who had a birthday, we tried to take them out for lunch. It was a small thing, but it shows generosity, and it just is something people look forward to. Um, Friendly. Would you be considered a friendly leader? Now, this is this is a tough one because I've heard some I've had some leaders actually push back and go you know I'm not I don't want to get too friendly with my people well look that's a that's a philosophy that we probably need to overcome because if there's not a certain amount of friendliness with our team they're not going to trust us we have to build a relationship and so generous friendly and then considerate considerate are you considerate with your people. Um, you know, something may come up. There may be an emergency. Or it might just be something that they haven't planned well for and they need to take a day off. Are you considerate in giving them that time, even though maybe they didn't do it when they were supposed to? Maybe they waited till after a deadline. Are you considerate? Um, not to be taken advantage of, but, but just to be a considerate boss. Kindness. A, a kind leader treats their people well. You know, we've heard in society, you know, you've probably seen the bumper sticker, you know, random acts of kindness. So what do acts of kindness look like in your workplace? What do acts of kindness look like in your organization, in your church? It might be as simple as, you know, bringing in donuts occasionally. It might be as simple as on Fridays, occasionally letting people leave early, um, you know, there's, there's different ways that you can do it, but the, these little acts of kindness go so far, and they don't cost you anything. That's the beauty, other yeah, than, you know, maybe a, a few bucks for some donuts or maybe letting people go home an hour early. You know, you really, it's really not costing you anything. This is, you're not giving people a raise, you're not giving them a huge bonus, although we should be doing that as well. But these random acts of kindness periodically go so far to, 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 to keeping the morale of our organization up. So leading with patience, leading with kindness, and then goodness, goodness, leading with goodness. What does goodness mean? The definition is an uprightness of heart and life, an uprightness of heart and life. We'll kind of unpackage that in just a second. There's a verse in the Bible that talked about Jesus. It said he went about doing good. In other words, he went about doing good deeds and doing good things, healing people, and you know, teaching and preaching, and that that kind of lines up with what we were just talking about with kindness. But, but really, when we're talking about goodness, we're also talking about motives. We're talking about character. We're talking about integrity. Remember what we said? It's 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 an ump- uprightness of heart and life. You know, the leader should set the example for the kind of behavior they expect from their team. Let me say that again. The leader should set the example for the kind of behavior they expect from their team. If I expect my team to be at work at a certain time, then I should be there before that time. I was always amazed when I worked for the police department to to see a supervisor come strolling in either right at the time the shift started or even a few minutes late. But that same supervisor would get on to one of their subordinates if they came in late. People pick up on that. People are smart. People don't like hypocrisy. And as a leader, my life should be um, really... Uh, set the, my life should set the standard for what we expect. That's why when we look at um, so many of the uh, CEOs who have, who have fallen, whether it's moral failure or uh, money issues or whatever, um, it has such a damaging effect on the entire organization because they're the person who should be setting the example. When you hear about a church leader falling uh, morally or some other way, and how that church, um, it's very, very difficult to recover from that uh, because of the damage that position has done. The higher up we go, the more damage we can do. So goodness really has to do with our integrity. It has to do with our, with our character. Um, we should be setting an example for our people. And it's got to be legit. It can't be fake. People are going to pick that up. It goes to my motives, my motivations. Um, Am I setting the example that I want my people to follow? And if I do, it makes it much easier to have those conversations with my people about things that they might be doing if they're not meeting a standard. Um, If I'm doing it, it's much easier to have that conversation. If I'm not even meeting the standard myself, how can I hold someone else to it? So goodness really has to do with our heart, um, and this really, really comes into play, especially in Christian organizations it's everywhere. It's important everywhere, but especially in a Christian organization, we are called to set the standard and to to live that life of integrity. It doesn't mean we're perfect. We're never going to get it all right, and we're, we're much better being honest about our weaknesses and our faults, and if we mess up, say we messed up. Um, To me, I always have so much appreciation for a leader when they go to their people and say, hey, listen, I know this was my decision, and I see it didn't work. It's my fault. It's on me. And when they own a decision, a bad decision, instead of trying to look for somebody else to blame, all their people immediately want to rally around them. There's something powerful when a leader owns a mistake even if it wasn't completely their mistake, but when they own it and say, hey, listen, this is on me. I made this mistake. I made this decision. And, you know, we've, we, we've got to go forward now. But when that leader owns that mistake, their people lean in. Their people feel such a powerful sense of loyalty because they were willing to own the mistake. So we're not talking about perfection when we talk about goodness, but we are talking about consistency. We're talking about consistently doing the right thing, Uh, an uprightness of heart and life, consistently doing the right thing. Well, we're going to wrap it up there. I'd love to hear your comments. Go to davidspell.com. Leave me a question or comment uh, in the comment section for today's post. While you're there, make sure you sign up to get my free newsletter so we can stay in touch. Well, friends, thanks for being with me. Next week, we will wrap up this series, and then I've got some interesting stuff that I think you're really going to enjoy as we move um, into the week after that. So next week, we will finish up Leading Through the Fruit of the Holy Spirit, and we will see you then on Leading and Learning.